Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here, you'll learn about how to grow your building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're dying. So we want you to always be in growth mode. Remember, to get notified about new episodes, hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. That way, you won't miss any of our expert guests that we bring on the show. In addition, as a special thank you for being a listener of the podcast, we've got some special bonuses for you. Just go to builderfunnel.com slash podcast. Again, hit that subscribe button to stay in the loop and go to builderfunnel.com slash podcast for your special bonuses. All right, welcome to episode number 33 of Builder Funnel Radio. I've got Ethan back with me here today. Ethan was on the podcast, I think seven episodes ago. Probably you guys will check my math and I'll be wrong, but that's all right. Um, but this time we're going to do something a little bit different. Ethan said, hey, I want to put you in the hot seat. We're going to mix it up a little bit. So he's going to ask me some questions. And Ethan, yeah, glad to have you here in the studio. Yeah, great to be back. Uh, it was fun. We mostly talked email marketing last time, which is a big part of my background. And one of the things I love about podcasts is that um, you know, you get you get this great variety of guests, and we're going to get into that with you. But you don't always get to know the host, depending on the way that he or she runs the show. And so, I just thought it'd be cool to turn it around a little bit and to share with the audience uh, all the knowledge you've gathered over the past several years. Cool. Yeah, we're excited. So stay tuned for episode thirty-three. All right. So here we are. You're one third of the way to your hundredth episode of Builder Funnel Radio. Uh, think back uh, for everybody. When you first started, what was the goal for the podcast? What were you trying to do? Like kind of what was the spark where, you, where it stopped being an idea and started being something you were doing? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, it was, I guess, last year around this time, maybe October, November, when we actually launched the podcast. And really our main goal was we were thinking about different mediums and what people were using to listen to content, read content, watch content. And we said, gosh, our audience of, you know, builders, contractors, they're like, they're always on the go. Mm -hmm. They're driving to job sites, they're coming back for meetings. And so we said, hey, why don't we create some of our content in a new format that maybe is a little bit easier for them to digest. They can still learn while they're in the car. Uh, we thought it would be, you know, a good marketing channel for us, but mm -hmm. also just a good channel for them, them to kind of absorb content. So that was really kind of the crux of it really said, hey, is there a better way to deliver some good information to our audience? And then we just said, all right, well, here's our game plan. Like, we'll outline the episodes a little bit and, and just get started. That's great. I mean, it's the, the fundamental of communication in general, but marketing in particular, right person, right message, right time. And so you're just totally. trying to match it up with the lifestyle um, of the people you designed it for. So uh, from a content standpoint, from someone that, you know, if you thought, okay, if someone could just listen to five or six episodes, he or she would learn about blank. Like what were you trying to um, get in terms of who you were hosting and what kinds of questions you're asking? Like, what are you trying to get at? Like, who is this really for? And, um, and, and how do you feel it's delivered so far? Yeah, I think when we initially started, we thought it was all going to be us mm -hmm. as the content. So we said, okay, like I'll do an episode, then I'll bring on different team members. And quickly, I want to say within the first couple of episodes, we said, gosh, this is going to be really boring. Maybe not necessarily boring, but we're not going to be able to add as much flavor to this as we want. And so we just started reaching out to guests. And we said, mm -hmm. hey, this could be a good opportunity to spotlight some really cool people that are doing some awesome things in the industry 
and kind of put them in the limelight, but also kind of extract some knowledge from other places knowing that, you know, we don't know everything mm-hmm. uh, and that's okay. So let's try to pull that knowledge from other places and, and start spreading the word. And so um, we made that shift pretty early on. And, uh, and then, yeah, really from there, it's just kind of expanded to primarily having guests and, and bringing that on. And you asked me another question, which yeah, yeah, like, like who is this for? Like, as you're yeah. thinking about, like, oh gosh, we should get him on, or we should get her on, and which I love, by the way. I mean, real practitioners, right? So you're an agency, and you have experts on their particular topics, and you provide this variety of services, and you could probably have sustained it sure. with just you. But a, it's not as interesting for you. But then b, you know, when you're bringing on practitioners, they're they're kind of mirroring the people that the show is for, right? So, um, who are the types of folks that you were inviting on? which I assume is a reflection of the types of folks that you're doing it for. Yeah, yeah. And really what we were trying to do is hit anybody that's kind of covering some segment of how do you grow your building business? How do you grow your construction business? And so generally that tends to fall under, you know, sales and marketing is kind Mm -hmm. of your big topics, but also it could be around operational efficiency or just like business strategy and coaching and consulting. So it does widen the range of, potential guests mm-hmm. and people that might be coming on the show, but really it's a, it's a growth oriented show. Mm-hmm. Like most of these guys are saying, Hey, I'm at 500,000 trying to go to 2 million or I'm at 2 million trying to go to five or I'm, you know, if they're a builder, maybe they're at 20 million going to 30. And you know, some of those goals are over 12 months and some are their five or 10 year goals. And so, but nobody's really trying to stand still, right? right. So they're, they're trying to grow. And so that's where we've tried to focus those topics. That's great. Um, can you think of uh, a particular episode or guest or some ideas that you've maybe picked up in your own growth as Builder Funnel, uh, things that you've learned uh, in hosting the show that you've implemented or that your team has really taken on? Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm trying to think back on the spot, but I want to say it's mainly around uh, some of the sales, uh, I guess, guests that I've brought on. So mm-hmm. I've had a, a couple of guests that have really talked about sales process and that process for our customers. So mm-hmm. contractors, remodelers, builders, um, but oftentimes you're able to take that knowledge and kind of apply it back. So uh, I think the biggest concept, not, not to get too specific, but is more around um, like, tying people down earlier in the lead qualification process. Mm -hmm. So asking tougher questions about what they're really trying to accomplish and what their goals are and not getting, you know, giving them, I guess, letting them off with easy answers and fluff answers like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to grow or I'm just trying to do, you know, something broad. And, and some of those guests that I had on had really good detailed answers on how, when you're out at a homeowner's house, like here's what you can do in the process to, Uh, either qualify better so you don't waste time down Mm -hmm. the road or increase your chance of closing the deal because you're asking questions that make you an expert in that process. Cool. That's a great tip. Um, And related to that, when you talk about like spending time with um, under not yet qualified people, uh, I think so many people want to get to yes, that they'll hold on to maybe for way too long. (laughs) Yeah. Right. in your, in your experience in talking with sales professionals uh, on this topic, you know, something I recommend is get to yes or to no as quickly as possible um, and stop settling for this long maybe period because it just creates stress and tension in the organization. Oftentimes the person who says maybe just doesn't like to say no to people, so they keep dragging it out. Uh, is that a theme you've picked up at all? Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
yeah, that limbo land is a terrible place to be because then, you know, your, your pipeline just kind of expands and expands and then you're going, do I really need to be following up with this person? Probably not. You know, if they would have just told you no, then, then no, you can just move on and that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I haven't um, heard it exactly the way you've described it, but yeah, people talk about just like, just get to know mm-hmm. and, and you're going to get some yeses along the way. But if you just keep asking these questions, trying to eliminate, then you will eliminate all the mm-hmm. people you want to and the people that are left are the good candidates and the good clients. Yeah, it's smart. Um, one of the things that I love about what you're doing, because I've, I've met a number of folks, now you're different than this gentleman that I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of a guy that was uh, new to video overall, and he reached out to me as someone at BombBomb, and we focus on using video in your communication and sales process and customer support and all these, uh, all these places that video typically hasn't been, but should be, yeah. uh, because it's a more personal way to communicate. So th- this guy reached out to me, but, but to people doing video in a huge variety of ways, like you know people that were multi-million dollar YouTubers and sponsored people on social media, they're all using video. And he did a video summit. He, I think he did 30 or 40 interviews, released them online in a phased way, gated behind email for Legion. But it started this idea that I, ca- I kept seeing a theme of and even hearing what you've learned about the sales process because I take you're more of a natural born marketer than a <laughs> natural born sales guy. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I've had to learn the sales process for sure. I'm naturally introverted. So even stuff like this is yeah. kind of outside my comfort zone. But yeah, yeah generally that one to one setting is pretty comfortable. But yeah, I never thought of myself as a salesperson. Yeah, so um, I think about going down this road as a host of a podcast as essentially earning a master's degree that you just can't get, period. Like you get all this exposure to all these different people with these different backgrounds. Um, have you experienced your, um, your hosting a little bit that way? Yeah, I would say that was one thing that I didn't anticipate starting the podcast. I figured, hey, we're starting this as primarily a marketing initiative and a way to um, kind of fully adopt. We're big believers in inbound marketing, which is the process of like, pushing out lots of great content to attract people back to you. And so we said, Hey, this is just another good way to do that. Um, but really, yeah, what kind of one of those hidden, you know, benefits to doing this is, yeah, I've got to connect with some really cool people, you know, throughout the industry and, and then not just connect with them and see what they're doing, but then learn from them and mm-hmm. say, Hey, wow, like all these people have this experience. Yeah. I can kind of download that. And, and that's helped us a lot for sure. That's great. And of course, as a, as a regular listener or viewer of a particular podcast, you get kind of the same experience, just not as quite firsthand. Totally. Right. And those relationships, it's a whole nother layer too. Do you ever prescribe podcasting uh, to any of your clients? You know, we or, haven't. Or does it fit? Like I'm, I hadn't thought of that until we yeah. talked, got here. It's like, do you ever propose it or has anyone asked about it? I've thought about it. Nobody's directly asked about it yet. And we've been, I feel like we try to make ourselves as kind of our own testing ground, kind mm-hmm. of be the guinea pig before we pitch it to a client. So it's like, hey, all the stuff generally that we're doing for ourselves and it's working, then hey, we'll relay that to clients. Like, hey, we're implementing this. We think this is a good strategy for you. Um, that way we can kind of, I guess, eat some of the costs of some of those tests, you know, mm-hmm. for our clients. And so, um, in a way, this is kind of a large test to see if that is a good channel for them. I know it's a different dynamic. It's a different audience for them. But um, I think it, it could be if it was done right, you know, mm-hmm. because really what you're trying to do with anything like this, like a podcast, 
um, like a blog, like a YouTube channel, is that you're trying to position yourself as a thought leader. Mm -hmm. So if you're a local home builder, local contractor, and you start a podcast and it's all about the local community and like housing trends and home design trends, but maybe like activities that are going on and things that are very community-based, home-based, you know, then I think there would be some opportunity there, but it is a large time investment, you know, yeah. and it really takes a commitment. You can't just say, oh yeah, we're going to do a podcast and do an episode kind of randomly. So, right, yeah. That, that yeah. is one thing. Like you can, you can <laughs> blog somewhat randomly. Obviously consistency is very, very critical, but it's not like anyone's waiting necessarily unless you've built it this way for your Thursday release, right? right, right. You know, unless you've created a newsletter and a, and a blog uh, program around like the big Thursday tip or something, they're going to expect it Thursday. But, you know, you can get by with like two this week, one that week, three this week, take a week off because it's a holiday week, come back. Totally. You, know, you know, as long as there's some consistency. Podcasting, it's really about that 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 consistent presence. So, yeah, it is a bit of a commitment. Yeah. Um, you know, you alluded to, um, all the stuff that you've learned and the relationships you've built as a um, initially unexpected outcome of the process. What were uh, what are what are one or two or three things that were harder than you expected about getting this going? You know, you had an imagination going into episode one, two, three. We'd <laughs> yeah. already talked about the transition to bringing in outside guests. Um, what are some things that, that that were really hard learned lessons along the way? Yeah, that's a great question because um, kind of before I get to that, I actually just want to say that oftentimes with something new or something that seems difficult, it is just a matter of getting started because sometimes you let those obstacles of in your head stop you before you even start. And so I kind of knew it was going to be tough. I just didn't know what all the things were. And so I'm like, man, well, yeah, we're going to have to figure out like an outline every episode and pick a topic. And even when we just thought it was going to be us internally. And then, you know, once you get started, you go, oh, wow, yeah, this is difficult. But here's how we could do that. We could brainstorm topics. We could outline them in bulk or batch or whatever it is. And so um, I would just say it just as like a takeaway from anything. One thing that I've learned is that if something is hard, but you think it's going to be the right thing or the right move, go ahead and just get started, you know, do a little bit of planning, but then don't let all those barriers in your head stop you. So I'm glad we did that. Because you're truly purely imaginary at that point. Totally. I mean, there's some yeah. practical considerations like I need to figure out how I'm going to record this. Like, should I get this mic or that mic? There's some small, right. small things, but the rest of them about, Oh, what if, what if is, I mean, it's, those aren't actually problems that exist until you create until them. Until you create them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was one thing that I'll say. But yeah, I think in terms of the biggest kind of hurdles or challenges, I mean, one, um, finding and connecting with guests. Like that takes a lot of work, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of outreach, a lot of research. Yeah. Is this guest going to be a good fit for the show and what we're trying to push out there? Um, and then I think the time commitment. I think in your head you think, oh, it's a 30-minute show. We'll record for 30 minutes and you yeah. go, yeah, there'll be a little bit of prep and then you go, okay, well, yeah, there's, you know, finding the guests, doing the research, making sure you've got a good outline so that it's going to create helpful content for mm -hmm. your listeners. You don't want it to just be, yep, here's the questions. We're just kind of rolling through it, you know, so you've got that front load of time and then actually all the, the stuff after. So the editing, you know, figuring that out, you know, figuring out all the stuff around like podcasting, like you said, equipment, um, but then promoting it. So it's mm -hmm. going on iTunes and SoundCloud and how, you know, how do you do that? You know, and as somebody that's, you know, never podcasted, that can feel really intimidating. And so I think kind of the, the technical, the time, um, 
And then, yeah, I think those were the biggest, biggest hurdles. Mm -hmm. The time thing just, it kind of keep, keeps expanding. And then as you keep going, you're like, because you start wow. building your new ambitions for it. Yeah. And you go, wow, this is really cool. A lot of people are listening. We want to make this better for them and more mm -hmm. valuable for them. Well, we should do this and this and this then. And so, yeah, that's good. So let's go to the other side of that because that, that, you know, someone that was maybe teetering on the fence, like, Oh wait, yeah, that does sound intimidating. Uh, let's go to the other side of it. What has, what, what are some of the outcomes um, besides the learning and some of the relationships? What are some of the outcomes that are even better uh, than you expected or even unexpected uh, positive upside uh, benefits of making this commitment and honoring it? Yeah. Um, I would say that one of the biggest, or I guess maybe one of the biggest shockers was that, I said, okay, we're going to do this and we're in for a year, no matter what, because I mm -hmm. said, it'll probably take us a year before we even get anybody listening to Consistency. this. You know? yeah. um, and it actually went faster than I thought. I was really shocked just having been in the digital space for a while, having blogged for you know eight years and doing all these things, you know that there's just this ramp up time. Mm -hmm. And marketing is that way too. Like, sure, there are things that can provide some quick wins, but in general, you, you're building on past success. And so... Uh, we're starting to gain some pretty good steam in terms of people listening and downloading and, you know, I'll be talking to somebody on the phone and they'll, we'll be looking at their website and then they'll go, oh yeah, you know, I've been listening to the podcast. It's really great. It's great. Like that's pretty validating. Like, I don't know, that feeling was a lot better than I anticipated. Like, wow, yeah. people are out there listening to this yeah. and it's, you know, it's helping them. They're getting value out of it. Um, so yeah, that was uh, one benefit or, or something that came out of it that I wasn't expecting. I kind of figured like a year for sure. And then maybe we'll see a little mm -hmm. bit and then we're going to keep going. Um, but yeah, I would say about six months in, we started to see kind of jumps in those, you know, listens per mm -hmm. month and, and now it's starting to accelerate. So um, that was one. And, and then I think too, just, um, you know, as digital marketers, we're always looking for how do you repurpose content? Mm -hmm. And so, for us, it's been, hey, we record this episode and it's a great piece of content. It's helpful to people. We can share that. But then now we're looking at, well, can we chop this up? Can mm -hmm. we do little segments? So 35-minute show, maybe there's a little intro. We can premiere it. Maybe there's a three-minute segment that was really good. We can put that on YouTube or on Facebook or Instagram. Mm -hmm. So um, that has actually provided us with a lot of value to give to our audience. And so in a variety of formats as well. Yeah, that's great. I mean, there are a couple things that you said there that I really liked. One, this commitment to a year uh, and this idea that you're building success on success. And so this idea, and I see, I've seen it in so many different formats. I came from a broadcast background, so it's really like, I'm going to drop a couple grand and run a couple television ads. And <laughs> they didn't work. Like, yeah. no, they didn't work. This is about like repetition over time. Yeah. Uh, and so many things are that way. Like they require momentum. So I love that you made that commitment, you know, which means that you have to get through the hardships, you have to do all the hard learning, you get to discover some unexpected benefits and you get to start realizing, oh, there are people here and I'm gonna make it better and better and create new and better problems for myself yeah. in order to serve the audience. Um, the other thing too is, is this idea of breaking content down and I've seen it done well and I've seen it done poorly and you know, something you said there, if there's like a good three minute passage, right? Like I don't necessarily wanna to commit to a half hour or I don't know enough about the show to commit a half hour but I do have three minutes because you positioned it with a description or a title that's really specific to the problem or the topic yeah. being covered there, um, that there's value in that takeaway, like that that three minutes is actually a value in and of itself. And I see so many people go astray. It's like, I'm just going to rip a little piece off and throw it out there. Like, they're literally crumbs. Like this, like they, they think of it as like a crumb trail to the core piece of content. And you're like, yeah. 
the problem is nobody wants crumbs. Right. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. it should be like a, 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 a yeah, yeah. snack sequence, yeah. like a snacking sequence up to the, up to the main meal. So uh, that's really good. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. Just a quick reminder that this show is brought to you by Builder Funnel. We're a digital marketing agency specialized in helping home builders, remodelers, and contractors like yourself grow their businesses. We help you implement marketing and sales technology, such as marketing automation and a CRM system, as well as drive more traffic, leads, and sales through strategies like content marketing, SEO, social media, paid traffic, and email marketing. If you want to learn more and see if we're a good fit, just send a quick email to hello at builderfunnel.com and mention the podcast. I'll schedule a one-on-one website and digital marketing assessment with you where I'll take a look at your website, show you some areas where you can improve, and we can see if we're a good fit. If you haven't noticed already, our company is huge on education. We host this podcast, create tons of videos, and create helpful blog posts to educate you guys on marketing and sales. I'll pack a ton of value into the website assessment, and I'll never pressure you to buy from us, although we're confident you'll improve your marketing and sales efforts by doing so. Again, send me a quick note to hello at builderfunnel.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Let's go a little bit broader. So you have a deep background in digital marketing. Um, how long have you been at it approximately? A little bit over eight years, yeah. Okay, so obviously any, any period of time in internet time starts to feel fast when you look back in hindsight, but um, think back eight years, like what, what has changed since you started doing this professionally? Um, yeah, what's, what's changed yeah. over the past several years? You know, I think... It's a good question. I think some of the bigger changes happen around Google and social media. Mm -hmm. You know, so Google has gone through several big kind of algorithm changes over that time span. Obviously they make tons of little changes, but there's been a few big ones that kind of have impacted the way people go about building links or writing content. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think that's been a big shift. You know, now it's really about, high quality content, what's the best content on a certain topic or subject, that's what Google wants to put in front of their visitors, their searchers, and they just want to get them to the best and mm-hmm. as fast as they can. So Real depth, real meat. Yeah. Whereas there used to be a lot of drive-by content, but it was keyworded up and it would work. Right, it would just go to the top. And yeah, now you really, I mean, we're seeing that 2,000 words or longer mm-hmm. on blog posts or articles those are the ones that perform the best. And, you know, that's intimidating to a lot of people, but that's really what we're, I mean, we're all playing Google's game to some degree if you're online. Um, and that's, that seems to be performing a lot better versus eight years ago, you could just like scream out a bunch of 300 word posts and, you know, let's crank out a blog post a day and that's yeah. the recipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't have to be that great. So that's been a big shift. I think in social media, I mean, Instagram and hows weren't around, you know, and those are two big players for our industry. Um, Instagram is kind of an up and coming. And I think people are trying to figure out how to use that channel in that space. Uh, Hows is a a monster platform. Um, People have had really good success with it. Some people are frustrated with that platform. All that aside, it is where a lot of homeowners and home buyers are going and they're looking for information. So when I first started, it was, Hey, get your Facebook business page up. That was brand yeah. new. Yeah. Get, get your Twitter account going and then, and start writing some blog content. And that was kind of the, you know, three of the core elements. Obviously mm-hmm. email has been a huge component all along. Um, so I think that's a big one. And then 
just shifts in the way like people are consuming content. So like what we're doing now, a podcast, having a video strategy, those things that can connect you to your audience in a deeper, more meaningful way. I think that's happening and it. And it really ties back to all the same stuff, which is mm-hmm. it generally can be better content. Obviously there can be really bad video and bad podcasts and bad blogs, but generally people like to connect a little bit better when they can see somebody or hear somebody. So yeah. I think those are three of the big ones. I'm sure there've been other. No, that was great. That was a really, that come to mind. That's a really good pass. And so now that we're kind of back at present, looking forward to the year ahead, I don't know when you, when you're going to release this, but I assume it's going to be before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, what, uh, you know, based on what you've learned and what, you know, all the people you're serving presently, um, the potential, the future customers that you're, you know, assessing their needs and things. What are some of the biggest mistakes people are making right now? Is kind of we're looking at a turn in the calendar. We're looking at updates to business plans. We're looking at, you know, new strategies. We're looking at as you know, as a business owner, um, looking at you know potential new hires that or investments that we're going to make in our in our marketing and our sales processes. Um, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making? Um, that whether or not they're surprising because my gosh, it's the end of 2018. How <laughs> sure. are they still making these or, or whether it's less pejorative and just, you know, what, what are some mistakes you see people make? Yeah. I, the first thing that comes to mind is really around data and not actually tracking what's going on with your marketing and, and oftentimes with your sales, but it's very common in the marketing world that, mm-hmm. You know, I was actually just at lunch today with somebody and we were talking about it and they were saying, hey, I'm working with this other company and I'm paying them, you know, X dollars to do SEO and pay-per-click. And they showed five conversions for their pay-per-click. I said, okay, what, who are those five people? Do you know who they are? And they said, no. You know, they didn't have a way to, to figure out, okay, I got five people, but I don't actually know the names of those five people. Mm-hmm. Like, they probably have the names. They just weren't able to tie it back to, Oh, those were the ones that came from my paid campaign. And so I think that is one of the biggest pitfalls that I see still. And it's very, very common, which is people aren't tracking their lead sources and their customer sources. And so how can you improve? You know, Mm -hmm. if if you don't have that information, then you're just going to be churning through. If you're working with marketing agencies, you're just going to be churning through them because you're going, Hey, what they're doing isn't working. Well, Maybe, maybe not. I mean, there's a good chance that it isn't, but there's a good chance that it is. You just don't know. And so I think having that data, it's just, you got to have it. Otherwise yeah. you're just throwing stuff. Yeah, at the wall I mean, you're spending some, money yeah. and you're getting some results, but you're not sure if they're good or bad. You're not sure if it's the result of your efforts or, you know, maybe some positive word of mouth that's totally off the grid or something. Right. And you, you're maybe not even confident enough to be able to ask whoever your provider is, these questions, right? Yeah, like, cause totally. as soon as you get two or three questions deep, it's like, I don't, yeah, well, I'm out of my depth here. yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure a lot of people, especially people that don't run upright businesses can talk their way around that pretty quickly. It's probably part of their business model totally. to be able to yeah. talk around it. And so, um, yeah, it's a really good tip is to, yeah. it's, it is incumbent on you, even if you don't know how to get the answers to be willing to ask the questions uh, and, to, and to demand more because it's really easy to create basic conversion funnels these days. And by that, I just mean we generated 15 people who showed interest. Five of them actually became customers and the average value of each of those customers is X. And so we can afford to spend math, 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 
you know, we got a three X return on that. Let's keep doing that. Right. Right. Or not. And so it's, it doesn't have to be complicated if it feels intimidating because you're sitting on the outside of it. It's it's just not that complicated and there are trustworthy people you can talk to about it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at, at the simplest level, it's just, can I track my leads from sources? And then if you can, then you can track your customers and, and there you go. I think another area that I'm seeing that's a big kind of problem area is a lot of, uh, you know, modelers, contractors, their biggest uh, source of customers is referrals. Mm-hmm. And those are the best leads and they're the easiest to close. Warmest. So, warmest, yeah. yeah. Everyone wants a referral. Great. If we can, The more referrals, the better. But a lot of those companies that are looking to grow, they're saying, okay, I've gotten, you know, 90% of my business comes from referrals or maybe even more in some cases. And so now they, they've got a website, you know, they've built it. They've done a little bit with it, maybe a little SEO, maybe a little content, maybe they're doing some social, but they're not really, again, one, they're not tracking, so they don't know what it's performing. Um, but then when they start to generate leads, I think the the misconception is that those leads are going to be just as good as referral leads. Right. And so understanding that there's kind of this, uh, I'm, I'm working on kind of a matrix that I'm, I'm going to release some content on that because I think cool. it will help explain this content or this concept, but uh, basically, you've got people that come in through your website. They don't really know you at this point. So you've, you've got to do all the work to build the trust and credibility, uh, and you're going to close them at a lower percentage than mm-hmm. referrals. You just are. And so I think... And or it's going to be a longer draw and as longer, you build yeah. trust and rapport and relationship and all these things. Totally. That, that come automatically with a personal endorsement. Oh, you yeah. got to meet my buddy you Jeff. Get shortcut all Jeff's that. the yeah. guy, right? Yeah. Like, I don't need... Like, the trust is already built in. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that just understanding that and kind of embracing it going, okay, I'm getting leads from my website or I'm getting leads from other forms of advertising. Those people don't know me. They're quote unquote cold leads. They could still be great leads. You just have to adapt that process and change it a little bit and understand, like you said, it might be longer than your normal sales cycle. Yeah. We do a lot of business with real estate agents and and you sometimes will hear the same things like they try and I'm going to tie back to your consistency thing and this commitment to do it over a period of time is they'll try something out because they're as like there are for a lot of different types of professionals, a zillion products and yeah. services. And a lot of them are lead gen and lead conversion and type stuff. And so they'll try something for a month and say, ah, oh, this doesn't work. It's all garbage. Um, these leads are not useful to me, but they haven't had that process of um, how do you refine the way that you're interacting with these people, right? Totally. Like that takes time as well. So, um, so that's, a, that's another really yeah. good tip. Now let's flip it a little bit. This is like missed opportunities for people who um, uh, just aren't necessarily up to speed or their game isn't on point yet. But for those people, as well as people who really have it humming, their game is on point. What just looking ahead over the next year or two, what are some areas of uh, that, that you think are ripe for opportunity? Yeah. That, that, that like no one's really taking advantage of yet, but the window is opening. Yeah. I think the first thing that honestly comes to mind is video and especially in the construction space. Mm-hmm. I find that in general, the construction space is usually a few steps behind. It's just an industry that isn't um, super on the bleeding edge of technology. You know, like, uh, you know, a marketing company, we have to be, especially in the digital um, space. Software companies have Mm -hmm. to be on the bleeding edge. Uh, Construction, you don't necessarily have to be. Uh, And so I think for those companies that do want to push the envelope a little bit, they actually have a bigger opportunity because 
their competitors move slower, everybody in the industry moves slower. So if you can be the one to adopt the technology or adopt the new strategies, the new tools, then you know you can really, you kind of got some blue ocean there. And so um, we're starting to see a couple of people use video in some pretty cool ways. Obviously the product is inherently pretty good for video. You know, Absolutely. Got, you know, people love to look at homes and they're always dreaming about having their home be either improved or buying a new one. Um, and so I think video is powerful from that perspective, but it also helps close the gap on what we were just talking about in like a cold lead comes to the website. If they can watch a video of the owner, the team, get to know the company, see that process, then by the time they actually talk to you, they feel like they know you. <laughs> I have a couple of podcast that I listen to and gosh, I feel like I really know whoever that host is and what they're all about. And so if I were ever to meet them, I'd probably walk up and be like, Hey man, you know, how's it going? Blah, right. blah, blah. And they, who are you? And they get that yeah. all the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. They get it all the time. So I think that is one area that is huge. Um, and then I think in terms of, I guess, uh, kind of the SEO content world, I think a lot of people in that space, haven't quite adopted that it really is kind of a giving game. And so mm -hmm. Google is looking for, hey, people are out there doing searches and they're looking for answers. You've got to become the ultimate thought leader in your space. And especially at the local level, there's less competition. And so if you're really creating content that tackles, like what does the home building process look like from start to finish? And if you just detailed that out in excruciating detail, like you're going to build so much credibility. Same, you know, on the remodeling side, if you were to say, Hey, here's the process, here's what stuff costs, you know, things that aren't really being talked about mm -hmm. and kind of open and honest, like let's put it all on the table. You're going to jump to the top. So I think those are a couple of big areas of opportunity. That's great. I think if anyone feels intimidated by becoming the, 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 the definitive thought leader on a topic, um, think of it just as frequently asked questions. Like you know what questions people want answered because if you're talking to people, whether they're customers or future customers, a lot of them tend to ask the same questions. And so that's a, I always find that's a great starting point for like, gosh, you know, I should probably produce something here. It's been a little bit, I should do yeah. that. Here's my list of frequently asked questions. And so before with Google, just to kind of double back on this theme, it was, I'll answer this question in this post, this question in this post, this question in this post. And so um, what you shared was, instead of doing it that way, the way to do it now is overarching question or theme area and then subsections that add up to 2,000 words or 2,500 words. So you don't have to write a two or 3,000 word blog post. You need to write five 400 to 600 word blog posts. You're still doing the same thing. Same You're word, just doing yeah. it like organizing it differently. It's all in the structure. Yeah, totally. and then I'll say for video, um, I love that you had that experience as a, as a viewer slash listener. Um, I've, I, I've written five or 600 blog posts for our company. I put videos in a bunch of them because yeah. I believe in it. And it's fun, so when I go to a, a conference or a trade show, I get that. Like I'm yeah. in the elevator, it's like, hey Ethan, or it's, Hey, bomb bomb guy, yeah. you know, like they know me enough, but maybe not that well, but they, yeah. but they know me enough to open up that conversation, right. which is super interesting. They so feel we, comfortable and they're yeah. going to come to you. Yeah. So we hear that That's all the awesome. time is people feel like they know me before they ever meet me. Yeah. Um, and just to, to piggyback on that a little bit, yeah, we went to a remodeling show in the fall and that, that same thing happened uh, to me there. I had people coming up to me because we've been doing the podcast mm -hmm. and they mentioned the podcast. And, but I think the key there is, 
you said five or 600 blog posts and probably a lot of those had video, maybe not all of yeah. them, but it wasn't just because you did one or two or right. a few. They just kept watching you and watching yeah. you. And, and, and I so, did that over seven years, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not like crazy. Not last month. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's great. So let's, let's stay on that theme for a minute. Feel like I know you before I meet you. Um, and you're more approachable, you're more familiar, and that's the benefit, again, of video as, a, uh, as an open uh, opportunity for anyone, uh, especially people that are just getting started, by the way, again, and, and we do a lot of business in real estate, and brand new agents in a market are finding if I start my business with video, I get a lot more traction more quickly. But um, I'm going to take a little twist on that and say, for someone that has listened to five or 10 or 15 of your 33 episodes so far, <laughs> and they start to feel a little bit like they know you, share something uh, with the listeners and viewers uh, about you personally that they may not know oh, about listening to you as a host. Interesting, yeah. I guess I usually do all the question asking. Yeah. So. so I'll start like we're here yeah. in Colorado Springs. That's where my company is based, the company I work for is based. That's where you're based. So we're physically present, so we're in Colorado Springs, which they may or may not know. Sure. But give them something. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, everybody here in the office knows that you can find me at Chipotle two or three times a week. Um, you know, I play a lot of doubles volleyball, so mm -hmm. we've got a lot of great mountain towns here in Colorado. Um, so I often go to, you know, Vail and Steamboat and Breckenridge and, um, yeah, playing some doubles volleyball tournaments and okay. I love that. So I'm avid reader and gym goer, you know, yep. so I try to read between 35 and 50, books a year generally kind of the personal development you know leadership sales marketing categories um and then yeah try to get to the gym or out hiking uh when it's it's not freezing cold like today it is um yeah i don't know three to five times a week so, awesome I, yeah. I ran into you and your wife as you were leaving the gym and i yeah, was just running proof. through the neighborhood yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um I, don't, I have no idea where we are on time but i'll ask one more sure you know i remember you when you made the declaration, it was somewhere on social, we've been connected on social and yeah. in person for a long time now, where you're like, you know, my goal is 50 books this year. And, and you set out, set out after it and you achieved it. And I was like, man, that's really cool. I aspire to do that myself. Of course, I haven't done that. Um, <laughs> although I'm actively reading three or four books right now and I'll finish them at very yeah. points in time and I'll get to maybe, I don't know, 20 or 30 on the year. But how do you structure your time? Like, obviously, it's a priority to you. It's super important. There are things that rhyme that make them easy to remember and seem inherently true. Like, leaders are readers. So if, yeah. if anyone else has thought like I have, it's really cool that you do that. I aspire to do that or something like that. Where do you, like, how do you shape the time? Is this like, are you doing it in 10-minute blasts? Or do you take an hour every day at X o'clock and yeah. commit to it? Like, how, what's your process there? Just, to, just so someone can start to visualize what might this look like in my life. Yeah, I appreciate you asking because, yeah, I definitely put some thought into it and obviously took a lot of effort to say, hey, I'm going to do this. And um, the reason, before I answer that, the reason I am doing that is just because I feel like I've got a team here and a company here that are depending on me. And if I'm not pushing myself to grow, you know, if we're five years down the road, 10 years down the road, if I'm the same person, we're going to be flatlined or gone. Great you know, insight. one of those yeah. things. So I feel like it's, a duty and almost a part of my job role that I've got to be growing and learning and pushing. Um, and so that's why I am doing that and actively work towards that. And what I realized was I can, I can get there through a few different methods. And so um, I've always got a physical book. I've always got one on my Kindle and then I've always got one on audible. 
Okay. And so uh, in the morning when I'm reading breakfast, I'm not checking email on my phone, I'm reading. And so I try to at least get my 10 pages in every day while I'm eating breakfast. And so at least, you know, I've, I've got that. And then I found that when I was at, you know, Chipotle, standing in line, getting ready to have lunch, or I'm checking out at some other place, like you've got all this kind of dead time where you've got two minutes, five minutes, seven minutes. Normally you just go Instagram, you know, scroll, yeah, scroll, scroll Facebook, scroll, scroll like, scroll, like, that's like, terrible. Scroll, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, sure. If it I doesn't want add up to anything, right. It doesn't. And, but reading does. Mm -hmm. And so you can get 30 minutes in throughout a day in five minute chunks, you know, a few pages here and there. And suddenly you've got your morning, you've got that. And then when I go to the gym, I'll alternate. It's not always an audio book. It's, it's oftentimes music, but that's a great place or in the car. And so if you take all the, that dead time and fill it with productive time, then suddenly, you know, it's not insurmountable. So mm -hmm. even those people that have full plates, full agendas, you know, you can still get in. I bet you could get 30 books in a year pretty, pretty easily. Mm -hmm. I say easily, but it's, yeah. it's consistency just like right. anything else. And so, um, yeah, I've just tried to, to optimize that dead time around reading and then kind of another just tactical pro tip, I guess, on my phone, uh, I heard this from somebody else, so I can't take full credit, but I've adopted it, which is take your phone and move all your apps to page two and then only pull back the apps that you want to focus on. So as an example, for me, I've put everything on page two other than Evernote, um, Audible, my Kindle, and then uh, my photo app because my wife says I'm terrible at taking photos, so that's a priority for me. Uh, but then two out of those four are reading, and the other one is, again, kind of a notes documentation thing um, where I can add things to my to-do list. So um, it's one swipe away to get to, to get to Instagram, but I find that, you know, if I'm standing in line and I flip open my phone, then I'm reminded of my habit, and so I click, you know, and start reading instead of going to Instagram. Yeah, and again, this is a commitment you've made to yourself, to your own growth, but more importantly, a commitment you've made to your team and your company to continue growing. So for that really hard driving, uh, you know, business owner that's like everything it takes, I don't have time for that. Like button that up for him or her. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I thought about this a lot. And as a business owner myself, I know our audience is full of business owners, leaders. You often think, Hey, if, if I'm going to work really hard, I need to put in the 10 hours, the 12 hours a day. Like I've got to be pushing forward on all these things. And I've done that and I did that for a few years and what I started to realize is that I mean one you can get burned out pretty quickly uh, which is bad uh, but two actually reading and personal development and those types of things you can put that in that bucket of feeling like I am pushing it I am pushing myself because that's forcing you to grow and learn new things and become a better leader become a better person in general and so um, maybe I'm only at the office for eight hours but maybe I'm reading for an hour or two. Um, I'm at the gym. You know, that is helping me stay focused when I'm at the office. I have more energy. I bring more energy to meetings, to sales calls. You know, so you can put some of those things that are not in the office in that bucket and just, it feels better. And, and for mm -hmm. the people, I think you'll understand or I hope you'll understand um, because if you feel like I do, you feel like, gosh, I, I'm not putting in the extra time, the extra effort because mm -hmm. that's what's going to grow. But if you are forming these habits and doing these things, it, 
you really are. You're doing those, and it's it's kind of a well-rounded way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people are hoping for, or expecting, or working for, or wandering, searching for a breakthrough in their business. And I've found that the breakthrough itself doesn't necessarily come from listening to this one podcast or reading that one book. It's that you're doing them regularly, and then you're like you're looking for creative ideas, and creativity is just simply the intersection of. Two ideas that maybe on their own seem a little bit disparate, but they're uh, they have value to them, and there's a novelty to them. Like two ideas come together, that's where I get a lot of my a lot totally. of my best value. So that input's super valuable to um, not only building myself, but again building my team in the, in the context I work. So I love that. That was great. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. Let's look at 2019. You've made the commitment to the podcast, and it's gone really well. Um, you know, you're building listeners and people are responding well and they're unsolicited, uh, positive feedback in person and over the phone. That was your commitment for 2018, a year of the show. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any new commitments for 2019? It's a good or, question. Or, or, yeah. or is it double down more, you know, more of the same is actually perfectly fine. So yeah. if the answer is yeah. no, <laughs> uh, that, that's yeah. okay too. But, you know, what are you looking at for 2019? Yeah, honestly more of the same is mostly the answer. You know, we, we said, Hey, our audience is responding well to this. Uh, we've talked about maybe going to weekly instead of every other week. Uh, we know that would basically double down on, uh, on our commitment and our time. So we may look at that, but definitely not early in the year. So Mm -hmm. primary goal is to keep things going. Um, but if you've been listening for a while, uh, you've maybe seen some of the video content as well. So we're trying to get every episode on video as well as audio. So, if you're on the go, you can just plug in your headphones. But if you're at your computer and you actually want to just sit down and watch some video um, and then trying to break it down, like we talked about earlier, into more bite-sized pieces uh, and make it a little bit more action-oriented. Mm-hmm. So I would say most of the like initiatives are around improvement and making it more valuable and better and easier to digest for our audience. That's great. Well, I wish you great success in that effort. And uh, I'm glad you were willing to flip roles on this one and um, be happy to do it again. Cool. Yeah, it was fun. I I appreciate you being here in the studio. And yeah, I had a good time today. Thanks for joining us today on Builder Funnel Radio. Don't forget to visit www.builderfunnel.com for tons of free marketing and sales resources. And if you ever need hands-on help implementing your marketing and sales system, just send a quick note to radio at builderfunnel.com. And as we close for today, remember, never stop learning. See you next time.